will is for all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. I'm going to, for the next several Sundays, talk to you about the supernatural. The supernatural. And, you know, this is a subject that I haven't found a person yet that's not interested to some degree or other in the supernatural. And uh, you know as well as I do, if you watch any television or just even look at the TV Guide channel, there's several shows on, you know, about the, the supernatural. And uh, supernatural is very real. All human beings have an interest, in my opinion, as I've talked to people over the years, in the su- they have an interest in the supernatural. I have an interest in the supernatural. You, you have to realize we're natural beings, all right, but we're also spiritual beings. We're, we're, we are a spirit. We possess a soul and we live in this human body. And so there's natural things that I'm interested in, but there's spiritual things. Spiritual things. When I say spiritual uh, supernatural, those two words are pretty much interchangeable. And so I'm interested in spiritual things, supernatural things. How many of you are interested in supernatural things, spiritual things? And so um, for the next several Sundays, as the Lord leads and directs, we'll be talking about the supernatural. Now, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, the Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, says, Now concerning spiritual gifts... Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, of course, he's talking about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that we'll see uh, later on in this chapter. A few verses following, we'll uh, look at those gifts. Not today. Don't have time to get to it today. Got to do something else today. But we'll get to those in the weeks ahead and we'll talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and when he's manifesting himself uh, what will be going on, and, and, and he manifests through those nine gifts. We'll talk about those in the weeks ahead. But uh, actually, the word gifts there is, is in italics in most Bibles. It wasn't put in uh, necessarily by the Holy Spirit at all. It was put in there by the translators. And the way this really reads in the original language of the Greek says, Now concerning spirituals, or we could read it now concerning the supernatural. Now concerning the supernatural, brethren, talking to Christians, I do not want you to be ignorant. I do not want you to be ignorant. You know, uh, as it pertains to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, as it pertains to the supernatural, as it pertains to uh, uh these things and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, you know, there's probably more uh, ignorance in the body of Christ on this subject than, than any other subject that I've ever dealt with. The only thing that rivals it is probably the study of the end times. You know, there's lots of confusion about that, and people really don't understand that. And you listen to 10 different ministry, ministers, you'll get 10 different takes on the end times. And but, but this subject here of the supernatural, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the way the Holy Spirit moves and manifests in church services and in our personal life, there's a lot of ignorance on it um, and confusion. The word ignorant means lack of information. Lack of information are to be unlearned. And you know, a lot of Christians are just unlearned concerning the supernatural, concerning the moving of the Holy Spirit. And then something else that I've noticed over the years is when when I've taught Christians, because I've taught on this subject many, many times, many, many times I've taught hundreds and into the probably if you added them all up over the many years, thousands of people on the subject of the Holy Spirit, the moving of the Holy Spirit, even after taught, there seems to be much confusion still. Even folks I have taught uh, that still much confusion. One thing I one reason I think that there is so much confusion is that. The moving of the Holy Spirit and the supernatural and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you have to keep the Word of God in front of you on a regular basis as it pertains to the moving of the Holy Spirit. Because if you don't, it's so easy to get confused. 
And I think that's one reason that, that when people are taught on something, and it would really apply to any subject, but it really applies to the gifts of the Holy Spirit and supernatural. If you don't stay in the Word of God and, and keep the, before you the, the way the Holy Spirit moves, you, you'll, you'll hear it. And then if you don't keep it in front of you, then you get confused and things become dark. And, and you don't, as time goes by, you just, you just kind of lose lose track of what of how he moves so as we teach you on this subject over the next several weeks i trust that you'll mark these scriptures down and go back to them regularly and 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 keep this before you so that you're not confused and 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 ignorant this word ignorant also means to ignore or to have a tendency to avoid and that's something else i've noticed is that uh this subject of the Holy Spirit and the moving of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit is a subject that that uh, most so many churches anymore that I'm aware of ignore this altogether or they have a tendency to avoid it. You don't find, at least in this hour, as I'm aware, much teaching on the Holy Spirit and the moving of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's a lot of people... And I think the reason for it is, is that because folks don't understand when the Holy Spirit moves, they don't understand how he manifests himself. There's a lot of flesh or craziness that can get involved with it. And because of that, because of that, I think folks tend to shy away from it. I said, I think folks tend to shy away from it. Now. I don't want to shy away from the Holy Spirit, do you? I said, I don't want to shy away from the Holy Spirit, do you? How many of you really want what the Holy Spirit has? I, I do. But it's interesting that when, when folks don't really understand how the Holy Spirit moves and how he, he functions, when folks don't understand that, it's real easy to get over into in what we would call the flesh and you get a lot of fleshly, crazy stuff going on, particularly in, in, in uh, what you would call Pentecostal or charismatic churches. And, uh, and I understand why folks would then shy away from these things. I don't want any foolishness going on. But I want to move of the Holy Spirit, you see. How about you? Okay, and so we just want what he has so that we're going to teach you along these lines and trust that that uh, that it'll be a blessing to you. We don't need to ignore the Holy Spirit. We don't want to ignore what he's doing. Okay. now when you talk about the supernatural, you know, there's a good side to it. And then there's a there is a uh, evil side to it. Now, you know as well as I do that the supernatural, there is an evil side. There, are, there is a devil out there. Is that right? There's demons. There's witches. So on. A lot of times, witches don't look like the witch on the Wizard of Oz. You realize that. And there's seances and all of that. You know, I believe in all that stuff. All that stuff's real. You even see, yeah, and you know, even on the evil side of the supernatural, there's the, there's the real and there's the fake. Is that right? Now, you know, I don't think they have them anymore, but it used to be years ago, you, they'd come on and, and there'd be commercials on television where you could call in and they'd read your fortune or, or you know, and one preacher called it 1-800-DIAL-A-DEMON. Remember that? And, and, and I don't think they have that anymore, but used to when I was a kid, they'd, they'd advertise that on, on television, you know. And, and most of all that stuff is fake. You call in, they, it's all just fake stuff. But remember in the Bible, remember King Saul at one time, he, he needed to touch touched the supernatural realm. He needed some information and Samuel, the prophet had died. And, and so he was looking for direction and, and God wasn't speaking to Saul anymore because of his pride. And so he said to his, his servants, he said, get me a witch. But then he said, get me a real one. You remember that one that has a familiar spirit, one that's for real. So there's on the evil side, there's for real and there's fake. Most of the stuff's fake, but there's a lot of the real, a lot of it's real. You understand it? Did you know on the good side? Now that's the side we want to flow in. With God, how many of you want to flow with God? Let's flow on the good side, you see. And, uh, and, and even, even as, as it pertains to flowing in the supernatural on the good side, with God, you know there, there's a lot of charlatans and fakes and a lot of fake stuff going on. You understand that? 
But thank God there's some real things too. And so I want to flow, and I've always tried to flow in the real move of the Spirit of God. Now, the doorway in, into the supernatural realm for the Christian is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that's what we need to talk about today. Show you from Scripture about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, you have to realize, and, and I'm going to say this again, the doorway into the supernatural realm for the Christian is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, when you look at the Bible, there's three baptisms mentioned in the Bible. Three baptisms mentioned in the Bible. Now, when you, if you said to any Christian on the street, almost any Christian on the street, you just went up and talked to them about baptism and said, what is baptism? Did you know that probably 99 or more percent would start talking about water baptism? Am I, am I probably right on that? And thank God for water baptism. Jesus commanded that we be water baptized. And, 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 and I, I have been water baptized. We're all for water baptism. And you can get into a small war on water baptism. You know, how should you be water baptized? Should you be sprinkled? Should you be poured? Should you, should you be dipped under the water? What The scripture is clear. You should be submerged. You know, it's clear. The Bible's clear. When somebody gets water baptized, it represents the death. It's going down into the water, the burial of Christ under the water, and then coming up out of the water, the resurrection. It, you, know, you see that? So it's clear. But, but water baptism is what people would think about as, as, as baptism goes. But you have to understand there's two other baptisms mentioned in Scripture. And the first and the most important baptism in Scripture, that, and it's of the three. See, there's three baptisms in Scripture. The, the first one here that we need to talk about, and it's more important than the other two, is found in 1 Corinthians 12:13. Go there with me. 1 Corinthians 12:13, And this is the one that everybody had better be sure that they've got. You better be real sure you got this one because you're not going to be able to go to heaven without this one. Nobody gets into heaven without this one. Without this baptism we're going to talk about here, you go to hell. Hell is a place of torment. It's a place of suffering. It's eternal. You don't want to go there. How do you miss hell and make heaven? This baptism right here. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For by one Spirit, that's talking about the Holy Spirit, we are all... What? Baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. That's talking right there about being baptized into the body of Christ. That right there is talking about what happens when a sinner repents of their sins, that turns away from their old life, places their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. When they do that, the Holy Spirit goes into operation and he, and, and he places us, he baptizes us, he puts us into... The body of Christ. At that moment, we become a Christian. At that moment, we're what Jesus called born again. Are you okay? Are you, you got that? Are you all right? That is the baptism that you need to miss hell and make heaven. Now, when you talk about baptism, most people don't even think about getting saved as, as, a, as a baptism, but it, it, is, it is a baptism. It, it happens spiritually in the spiritual realm. When the Holy Spirit, how he does it, I don't know, but through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, he baptizes us and places us into the body of Christ. Now, that's the one you need to go to heaven. Now, these other two baptisms, which we're going to talk about just briefly, water baptism and, and then the baptism in the Holy Spirit, they're important, they're necessary, they're, but you can get to heaven without these other two. Now, when I say that, you'll have some people, they'll want to fight a small war with me over whether or not you need to be water baptized to go to heaven. And, and, and you get different denominations have different takes on this, and there's much confusion on this. And you get, you get people even want to fight you, and they'll say that if you're not baptized in our church, in our tank, you're not going to heaven. Now, and, and it's sad. 
I had a minister one time when I was a kid, and, and I was kind of confused about all this before I'd studied the Word. He told me, because I, I told him, I said, Sir, I said, I've repented of my sins. I've placed my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I trust in Him with all my heart. And I said, now, now, what would happen to me if we were over on the way to get water baptized and I got hit by a truck and was killed? He said, Son, you, your soul would try in hell for eternity. And there was just something on the inside of me that didn't agree with that. Now, we're going to teach you in weeks ahead, a few weeks down the road, or maybe even next week, we'll see how to be led supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. And just on the inside of me, back as a kid, I knew that wasn't right. I got into the Word of God and found out and studied, and we'll look at one scripture here today, that water baptism is important, it's necessary, and all of that. But water baptism, water does not wash away sins. The Holy Spirit spoke to my heart years ago, and it's a thing that, that, that really helped me. As much as anything else, he, he said to me one time, he said, just spoke, and we're going to talk about how, how the Holy Spirit speaks t- to us as we go. Can't get to all that today. But just on the inside, he, he said, son, he said, don't, don't ever put water on the same level with my blood. You know, if you, if you get bap- water baptized, if you get water baptized before you're saved, all you have is a wet sinner. Do you understand that? If you get if you get if you get water baptized before you've had this first baptism, what's that first baptism? The most important one when you're baptized into the body of Christ. If you get water baptized before that happens, the water baptism is for naught. It's just got a wet center. Now, when water baptism means something is when a saved person, somebody that's already been baptized in the body of Christ, when they get water baptized. Now, here's the thing you got to be careful of. That water baptism does not seal your salvation. Water does not seal your salvation. The blood of Jesus Christ seals your salvation. But the water baptism, it, 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 you know, Jesus said to John the Baptist, because John didn't want to baptize him. Remember that? Jesus said, go ahead and do it because, you know, we need to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus commanded water baptism. We need to be water baptized. Can you say amen? I'm talking fast because I've got to get a lot in. All right. Are you okay? Or are you out there? You okay? So does water, does water baptism help you get saved? Not according to my study, it doesn't, but, but it is important and we need to do it. it. Really what water baptism does, it shows the world that you're identifying yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, And then, the, and this is what we want to get into today and look at, is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now this is the one, now this is the one where, where people go bonkers. This is the one where everybody goes, not everybody, but most people, they go bonkers. And this is the one where people avoid, avoid, they don't want to talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because with the baptism in the Holy Spirit can come things that when people are confused and they don't understand, it can just cause complete pandemonium. Because with the baptism in the Holy Spirit comes speaking with tongues and these other gifts of the Spirit. And if you don't understand from the Word of God what's going on, absolute total pandemonium and craziness. And then people can start shying away and, and, and avoiding. And So I want to teach you over today and over the next weeks concerning the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, let's just go to the Bible and let's go to John 20, verse 22. Are you okay if we talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit? You okay? Okay. Let's talk about this. Now, Jesus, in John 20, verse 22, he had already been raised from the dead. He'd already been raised from the dead. And he appears to his disciples. And he comes in there, John 20, 22, he says this. He, he, and when he had said this, he had talked to him. And then he, notice what he did. What did he do? He, he what? It starts with a B. What did he do? He breathed on them and said to them, what did he say? Receive the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, it's interesting. This word breathed is found twice in the Bible. This word, and I won't get into all the in-depth study of it, but just we'll just mention this to you. found twice in the Bible. One time right here and one time back in the Garden of Eden when God made man. Remember when he made man of the dust of the ground? And then what did God do? He, what? He breathed into Adam the breath of life and Adam became a living being. So when God breathed the first time, man was born. 
back in the Garden of Eden, when man breathed, or when Jesus breathed the second time, man is born again. God breathes, but we see twice in the Bible. Twice that word is used. Once in the Garden of Eden, he breathes into Adam, man is born. Then he breathes here. After Jesus is raised from the dead, how many of you agree with me that Jesus is God? He breathes the second time, and man is born again. First time God breathes, man is born. Second time God breathes, man is born again. This right here is not the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'll prove it here in just a second. This is when man gets born again. Jesus had been raised from the dead. You can't get born again until Jesus is raised from the dead. Jesus is raised from the dead. He goes in, he says to them, receive the Holy Spirit, and... They're born again. You need to understand this. There is a difference between there is a difference between being born of the Spirit and being baptized with the Spirit. Now you gotta understand this. There's a difference between being born of the Spirit and being baptized with the Spirit. See, being born of the Spirit is what we talked about a moment ago. That's what you need to go to heaven. That's when you're baptized into the body of Christ. Are you are you okay? All right, that's when you're born of the Spirit. But there's an experience subsequent to that or after that, whereby you can be uh, baptized with the Holy Spirit. See, in the Scripture, uh, the Holy Spirit is likened to a bunch of different things, or we'll say a bunch of different things is likened to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is likened unto fire, but the Holy Spirit is also likened unto water. Now, if I take this water here and I... Is this a fresh glass? Thank you. Do I have water in me? Yeah. Is there a difference between what I just did there and diving into a swimming pool? Huh? See, what I just did right here, I've got water in me. Diving into the swimming pool, I've, been, I've got water everywhere. Is that correct? You see, when I do this, that's like being born of the Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is like diving into the swimming pool. Do you understand? That's, a good, that's kind of a good example, isn't it? You see, when one gets born again, they have the Spirit of Christ in them. The Bible says if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they don't belong to Christ. And, and this is, this is kind of where, where the rubber hits the road, get down to the brass tacks of it, is, you see, when you're born of the Spirit, you have the Holy Spirit in you. He's in you. He's on the inside of you. But there's an experience subsequent to that, or subsequent means after that, whereby you can be baptized with the Holy Spirit, dive in the swimming pool, so to speak. Now, do you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? No. You need to be born of the Spirit. Do you understand that? See, in this example I used, to go to heaven, you need to have that glass of water. You don't, you don't have, to, you have to jump in a pool. But you know, jumping in a pool is a whole lot of fun. How many of you like to jump in a pool? I mean, that's a whole lot of fun. You can have a whole lot of fun flowing with the Holy Ghost. Now, I'll tell you the truth. I was raised in the Baptist church. Thank God for the Baptist. Say, thank God for the Baptist. Say it one more time. And then a third time, thank God for the Baptist. Thank God for the Baptist. Now, I was raised in the Baptist church. I'm still kind of Baptist at heart. Thank God for the Baptist. You know the Baptist, the Baptist get probably more people born again, born of the Spirit of God, than any, than any other denomination I know. Thank God for them. But in the, and I can talk about this passionately because I've lived it. I, I was raised in the Baptist church. Thank God for the Baptist. I got born again in the Baptist church. Amen. All for the Baptist. I'm all for them. But in the Baptist church, as I went there, I, there was just, there was, there was something missing. There was something missing. I said, there was something missing back there then. I didn't know what it was. I just knew there was something missing. They didn't have a swimming pool. They had water fountains. But I said, they didn't have a swimming pool. Now, I'm not putting them down. I love them. I just thank God for all they do. But I said, they had water fountains, but they didn't have a swimming pool. I need to go to a church that had a swimming pool. Do you all get what I'm saying? And 
I was hungry for something I didn't even know I was hungry for. See, we're hungry. We're hungry for the supernatural. I was hungry for more of the Holy Spirit. I was hungry for the the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Can anybody relate to what I'm talking to? And so it's interesting. Let me prove to you that there is an experience subsequent to being baptized, being born of the spirit, whereby you can be baptized with the spirit. See, people ask me, what kind of a church is this? What kind of a church is it? And I tell them it's Baptocostal. It's Baptocostal. See, because a Baptist church, you got you born of the spirit, but they don't talk. You know, as well as I do, you go to Baptist church, you're not going to. Talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There may be some that do, but almost none that do. And if they start talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit much, they won't be a Baptist church anymore. They'll be a Pentecostal or Charismatic. Is that right? So then you come over along among the Pentecostals, which I did, or Charismatics, actually, Charismatics. And, but, but the thing that I found about the Charismatics and Pentecostals is sometimes, because they don't understand the moving of the Holy Spirit, you can get into chandelier-type swinging stuff. Huh? You know what I mean, swinging from the chandelier? Holy rolling stuff? You know what I'm talking about? And that's not in line with the Word of God. Yeah, I don't want to go to a church with chandeliers in it because I don't, I don't swing from chandeliers. So, are you all get my humor at all? You got to watch because I'm tricky because I'll be going along real serious and then we'll go into, I'll digress into something that's real funny and it takes a little while as a, for it to, that humor to catch up. You okay? You out there? Okay. So, I, I'll say Baptocostal. So what we do is we take the best stuff from the Baptist church and the best stuff from the Pentecostal and put it together, have all the good stuff, and we got a Baptocostal church. Are you okay? You know, I don't like putting names on churches anyway and things anyway. I'm a Christian. Amen. It has the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. But, but now Jesus, now where were we when we last left off? We last left off with Jesus. Tell, tell, he, what did he breathe? Say breathe. He breathed on these guys. Said, receive the Holy Spirit. Did he not? Did we just not read that? Did we or didn't we? Where was that? John 20, 22. What did Jesus do? He what? He, and he said, receive the. Did he not say that? Okay, now to this same group of people, go to Acts chapter 1, verse 4. This is a later time. He appears to him again. The same group of people. Acts 1, 4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. For John truly baptized with water. Talking about John the Baptist. Truly baptized with water. But you shall be, what? Baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Wait a minute. He, he just sometime before told these same people to receive the Holy Spirit, and they did. He breathed on them, and they did. Now, at a later time, he's telling them to be what? To be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Do you see that? Is that as clear as a bell? Is that crystal clear? Do you get it? So, I mean, if there wasn't another experience that these people needed to have, that if there wasn't another experience that Jesus didn't want these guys to have, why would he tell them to go be baptized with the Holy Spirit? He'd already told them to receive the Holy Spirit. He'd already breathed on them. What's the explanation? The explanation is simple. They got born of the Spirit earlier. Now they're going to get baptized with the Holy Ghost. Are you okay? All right. And so... They go to the upper room and they wait. And notice what he says, verse 8. Let's go to verse 8. He says in verse 5, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 8. But you shall receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. See, that's what I was missing in the Baptist church. I had the Holy Spirit. I was born of the Spirit. But you see, in the Baptist church, there was, I, was, I was hungry for a power. There's something missing here. I was missing that swimming pool. I was missing the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Spirit. That comes only when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. You see that? And he says, and you shall be what? Witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now, I want you to underline, you shall be witnesses to me. Highlight it, underline it, put stars around it. If you have a Bible on a computer, you can underline it, highlight it on your computer. You shall be, realize, say, witnesses to me. Now, here's the thing that I'm convinced 
that they, I know the charismatics. I know because I live that. I know and I, I, I've, I've missed it here. I've missed it in times gone by, but we're not going to miss it this time. When somebody gets baptized with the Holy Ghost, the power of God comes on them. And where we've made the mistake in the past is right away we want to start talking about speaking in tongues. And I'm going to talk about that here in just a minute from the Word of God. But I'm telling, and I've missed it in times gone by, but the Spirit of God got through to me, He's correct me on it, now we're going to get it right. Can you say amen? When somebody is baptized with the Holy Spirit, don't start looking for tongues. Start looking for a powerful witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And start looking for that person to turn into a soul winner. Can you say amen? Now, by golly, I missed it there in the past. Had some wrong teaching and some things that I, that I missed as well. But, you know, we start talking about baptism in the Holy Spirit. We right away want to start talking about tongues and the gifts of the Spirit. I'm telling you what, when somebody gets baptized with the Holy Ghost, the very first thing that should happen is they should receive power to become a soul witness, to go everywhere that they can go to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. See, that is what I'm looking for. Somebody realize, say hallelujah. hallelujah. That's the way we want to go. Now, I'm still for the tongues. We'll talk about the tongues here in, right in just a minute. But I tell you what, when you talk about tongues before soul winning, you're going to get goofed up. You're going to get you're going to get the chandelier swinging stuff. Did you hear what I just said? And the nutty stuff. No, you get baptized with the Holy Ghost. You'll become a powerful witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's first and foremost. People want to talk about the initial evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking with tongues. I won't disagree with that, but I tell you what, there's something more important than speaking with tongues. And it's getting sinners saved. Did you hear what I just said? And, and, and I see what, what happened years ago, and I was right in the middle of that. And, 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 and you know, we're, we're, we Christians come to church, baptized in the Holy Ghost, speak in tongues, and, and interpret, and all of that, and run around the room, and et cetera, so on and so forth, and don't get anybody saved. That can't be what the Holy Ghost wants. I said that can't be what the Holy Ghost wants. What the Holy Ghost wants is to come on us, the power of God come on us, to be soul witness, soul winners, and be witness everywhere we go. And if you don't have that, then check up and see if you're, if you're full of the Holy Ghost. Because if you're full of the Holy Ghost, you're going to be a soul winner. Did you hear what I just said? Thank God for the tongues. Thank God for all that. But, I, but I'm full of the Spirit of God, Pastor. Are you winning people to Christ? Now, so, I want to say something about the Baptists. People come up and say, well, the Baptists have won more people to the Lord than anybody else. And they don't even believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know what my answer to that is? It's very simple. Just think what they could do if they did believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Huh? And you get the people that, that supposedly have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, like the Charismatics, and they're, they're not getting nearly as many people saved. Because, you know why that is? Because they're inside the four walls of their church speaking in tongues, not ever going out in highways, byways, with the power of God winning anybody the Lord Jesus. Playing with these spiritual gifts. These spiritual gifts that we're going to talk about in weeks ahead are not for playing with in church. They can manifest in church. I've seen the power of God manifest in church many times. I've seen all kinds of people healed of all kinds of things. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm all for that. But there's something that, that stands above all of that. And, it's, and it is the baptism of the Spirit of God coming on somebody to make them an effective soul winner. Somebody say praise God. You all right with that? I'm all for the healing but, and, we'll, and all tongues and all that. But are you okay? You all right? You, you feel we're, 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 we're flowing the right way here? Are you all right or not? All right. Now, Acts 2, verse 1. What happens to these people? Now, now, now let's, let's get this now. Acts 2, 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they're all with one accord in one place. Because he, he breathed on them. Then he told them after he, after he breathed on them, said, receive the Holy Spirit. Then he said, go be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So now they're, the day of Pentecost fully come. Acts 2, verse 1. They were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire. And one sat on each of them. And they were all what? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues. There's the tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. 
I want to point something else out. I'm not going to turn to it, but if you read on, you'll see that on this very day, guess what happened? See, see, because what happens here is we stop, we start talking about the tongues. But if you read on, you're going to find that on the day of Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 sinners came to the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? But what happens is people will get, get, they'll get hung up and they'll stop up on the tongues and then, and then the, Preachers would get up and start talking about how they thought they were all drunk on the day of Pentecost. I'm going to tell you what, read your Bible and you'll find that they all, that whole crowd, didn't think everybody was drunk on the day of Pentecost. There were a few people mocking that said these are drunk. Those were the mockers. Peter answered the mockers. But the rest of the crowd, they were sinner people and they weren't mocking. They didn't know what was going on because, you see, they were gathered there in Jerusalem and they heard these Galileans who they knew didn't know their home language speaking in their home language the wonderful works of God. What's the wonderful works of God? Jesus being raised from the dead, dying on the cross and being raised from the dead. And they heard these people speaking in tongues. That's why there need be no interpretation because they understood what was being said in their home languages. Praise God. They heard the wonderful works of God and they got saved. Glory to God. 3,000 people got saved on the day of Pentecost. Yet that seldom gets talked about because everybody wants to talk about being drunk and acting like fools. Drunkenness is condemned in Scripture. Yet I see, I've seen charismatic churches in days gone by talking about the Holy Ghost people. And they'll say the Holy Ghost moved. No, the Holy Ghost didn't move there. I just danced a little jig. When the Holy Ghost is moving, you'll see people getting saved. You'll see people getting healed. You'll see people being helped. Can you say amen? I've already seen people think, well, the Holy Ghost moved because Pastor Terry ran around the room. No, 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 no. The Holy Ghost moved. Somebody's going to get saved. Somebody's going to get healed. Somebody's going to get, get free of something. Somebody's going to get free of drug addiction. Can you say amen? Are you all right? Are you okay? Glory to God. And so, you see, if you read on down there, 3,000 souls got saved because of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not demeaning the tongues. I'm all for the tongues. Thank God for the tongues. But I think that has to be secondary to the sinners getting saved, don't you? Now, what happened to these people, though? They did speak with tongues, didn't they? Now, who did this? Look at verse 4. Who did the speaking? Did they do the speaking or did the Holy Ghost do the speaking? They did the speaking. The Holy Ghost gave the utterance. One reason when people get baptized with the Holy Ghost that they don't speak with tongues is because they think the Holy Ghost is going to do all the speaking for them. You got to do the speaking. I know uh, I, asked the, I asked Lord Jesus after I was born again, I asked him to baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Because he's the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. Uh, John the Baptist said, there's one coming after me, mightier than I, whose shoe laces I'm not worthy to unloose. He said, he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. How many remembers that? And so, I, and so Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. I'd been born again. I asked the Lord Jesus to baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Days and weeks came. I never could speak in tongues. I tried and tried and tried and couldn't do it. I knew I was baptized in the Holy Ghost because I, I, I felt the power of God come on me and in me. But I... I couldn't speak with other tongues. Just couldn't do it. You know what the problem was? I was trying to do it. And I hadn't learned to yield. Realize I say yield. So I remember I was driving across Times Beach Bridge. I was running late to get to work. And I came by through there. It was a probably 55. I was probably going about 70. And there was a police officer there, police officer, officer there radaring. And when I saw him, he hit me with the radar. And I started speaking in tongues. Glory to God. Don't you think that's funny? <laughs> now, some people build a doctrine on, they go buy a bunch of radar guns and start shooting. Their, their, uh, the radar guns didn't have anything to do with it. I don't know how it worked that way, but that's the way it worked with me. <laughs> Hallelujah. You okay? You getting anything out of this? So I told you that, that yeah, I'll... Talking serious, then we'll talk about something funny. This is about the only church that, you know, that, that I know of that we can be talking serious and then start talking about Gilligan's Island right in the middle of something serious. But you can learn a lot of spiritual truths from Gilligan's Island, you know. 
I taught a whole message on that once. Come on, Acts 8, 5. Let's go there. Come on now. Are you okay to stay around just a little bit longer for the word of God? Come on. Acts 8, 5. See, I, I just yielded there for some reason. I yielded when I crossed the bridge and the guy hit me with the radar gun. I don't know. Acts 8, 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria. This was a, a, a preacher. He goes down to the city of Samaria. He preaches. Who does he preach to him? Christ. Multitudes with one accord heeded things spoken by Philip. Teaching and seeing the miracles which he did. Now he's preaching Christ and they heed the things that he's, they, they listen to him. Are you comfortable that these people got born again right there? Yes or no? He's preaching Christ and they heed. They listen. They're born again. And then verse 7, unclean spirits crying loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed, lame were, were healed. And there was great joy in the city. See, in the Baptist church, I had great joy. I was born again, had great joy. When you get born again, there's great joy. I had great joy, but I was missing the power, you see. So they had great joy. And then it talks about verse 9, a certain man called Simon. He was a sorcerer in the city. He astonished the people of Samaria, claiming he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed from the greatest to the least, saying, this man's a great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip, now he was preaching Christ. Now here you have it. Did they believe him? Are they saved? They're saved, aren't they? As he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God, the name of Jesus Christ. They're as saved as they're going to get right there. They got, they're born of the Spirit. He's in them. Both men and women were baptized. Clear, they were water baptized. Now, right here at the end of verse 12, and actually even before, before verse 12, they're born of the Spirit. They've been baptized into the body of Christ. Now they're water baptized. Are you okay? Are you all right? Of the three baptisms, they got two of them now. How many of them do you need to go to heaven? Which one? Baptized into the body of Christ. But now they're water baptized. Now, if that's all there is, why don't we stop right here? If that's the only experience with the Holy Spirit we need, why don't we stop right here? But let's read on. Then Simon, that sorcerer himself, also believed. And when he was baptized, water baptized is what that's talking about. He continued with Philip. That's the evangelist of God. And he was amazed. See, Philip was amazed seeing the miracles and the signs which were done. Right there, that tells me the power of God is greater than the power of the devil. Amen? Because it even left the saucer amazed at the power of God. Verse 14. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, did they receive the word of God in Samaria? Are they saved? Okay. They sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen on none of them. Well, if there was all, if they already had all of the Holy Spirit that they needed, see, they had all the Holy Spirit they needed to go to heaven, but if they had all of the Holy Spirit they needed, why would Peter and John have to go? The answer is simple. They needed to go because there is an experience subsequent to the new birth whereby you can be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And notice, for as yet he had fallen, underline that word fallen, that word fallen implies baptized. For yet he had fallen on none of them. They had only been baptized. They had only been water baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now watch this. When they laid hands, realize they laid hands on. When they laid hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. Do you see that? Do you see that? And notice verse 18. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. Now this, in this passage here, it doesn't say they spoke with tongues. But Simon, the saucer, observed something different about them. I believe he saw them speaking with tongues and glorifying God. And then he said, verse 19, give me this what? 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 They had a power that they didn't have before. They have a power that they didn't have before. That, that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter said to him, your money perished with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You can't purchase anything from God with money. Do you understand that? Do you see there, there's an experience subsequent to or after you're born again, whereby you can be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Do 
Yeah, I, I just, on the inside of me, I just heard the Spirit of God just say this, uh, that I need to say this. If you, if, if, if you find this boring, uh, you need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. First check up to see if you're saved, and then you need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Is it okay if we just obey God? I know in the Baptist church, I used to sit there just bored out of my, my, my I was bored, 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 it's boring. I needed to be, I needed some power. Glory to God, I got some power. Amen. And I believe that's what the Spirit of God wanted me to say right there. If you're finding, if you're bored with this, just barely make it through, check up, see if you're saved. And then if you are saved, you need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And if you have been baptized with the Holy Ghost, you need to be refired. I'm going to talk about that in just a second before I let you go. Are you okay? Are you okay? How many are you okay? Now I tell you, the Holy Ghost just read somebody's mail right there. So, if, you know, if it's you, you might want to duck it, you know. You okay? I'm telling you, folks, listen to me. One reason there's not more power in, in churches is because people won't tolerate this kind of teaching anymore. You need to realize, is it okay if I say this? You've you got to understand, I'm doing what the Bible says to do. I'm teaching you the Word of God here. I'm, flowing, I'm doing right now what God made me to do. I'm, teach, I'm a teacher. I'm teaching the Word of God under the anointing of the Spirit of God. I'm doing right now. You're seeing me do what God made me to do, to teach the Word of God. I'm in my element right now. I'm doing what I do best. I'm teaching the Word of God under the anointing of God. I'm telling you. And if you, But you see, we live in a day and an hour where people won't tolerate this kind of stuff anymore because they want to sit and listen to an upbeat, hip-hip-hoorah type sermon. But I'm telling you what. Those are short-lived, and there's no real power in that up, 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 uh, hip, hip, hurrah. Did you hear what I just said? But if you grab a hold of this kind of teaching and run with it, I tell you what, in the midnight hour, when the devil comes knocking on your door with some kind of catastrophe, you can stand up in the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus and take what we've taught you here and use it, glory to God, to run the devil off. Can you say praise God? You okay? All right. Acts 9, verse 4. Remember Saul persecuting the church, became Paul, remember that? Acts 9, verse 4, then he fell to the ground. This is when that bright light shone around him. Heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you? Jesus said to him, why are you persecuting? And he said, who are you, Lord? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be... Right there, Saul died and became Paul. He got born again. He said, who are you, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. He gets born again right there. Now, zip down to verse 17 for the sake of time. He goes into town. God had spoken to Ananias to go over and minister to Saul who had become Paul. Now, his name didn't get changed a little later, but, but that's when the old man Saul, the persecutor of the church, dies. And the, the old man dies, he becomes Paul, the apostle. He's not going to walk as an apostle for some time, but this is where it happened. He got born again on the road to Damascus. He got born of the Spirit. But he goes into town. God speaks to this other guy named Ananias. says, go over and minister to Saul. And Ananias says, what you talking about, Lord? I may remember Arnold Jackson, Willis. What you talking about, Willis? He told Ananias, he said, go over there and minister to Saul. And I'm sure Ananias said, what you talking about? Do you understand how funny that is? That's really funny. There's only three people that really understand how you... That's crazy funny. It's crazy funny. But I know a lot of you is like that one guy said, I'm, I'm torn up on the inside with your humor. He never showed it. Saul had been killing people. You understand that? And as far as Ananias knew, if he went over there, it was a trap and he was going to get, uh, you know, get killed. So that's why I said, what you talking about? Now, good King James English. What if art thou talking about us? That's really tear you up. That'll look funny. Are you all right? Lord said it'd be all right going over there. So he goes over verse 17. And nice went his way, entered the house, laying his hands on him. He said, Brother Saul, he called him brother. 
Saul is saved. He's born of the Spirit here. He said, The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent, has sent me, uh, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. See, so he got born of the Spirit on the road to Damascus. Here he's going to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and uh, immediately, verse 18, there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he rose and was, then he was water baptized. Now, did Paul ever speak with tongues? We have a scripture in 1 Corinthians 14. He says, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. Did he speak with tongues? Sure he did. Go to Acts 10. Come on, guys. Go to Acts 10, verse 43. I'm not going to go on too much longer, but I I need to get this through to you today. This is what the Holy Spirit wants me to get through to you. Acts 10, verse 43. Cornelius, this was a devout man. He was a Gentile. He was uh, uh, praying one day, and in a vision he saw an angel came in and said, Send for Peter, he'll tell you what you must do. Now here Cornelius was a good man. He prayed, he gave money to the poor, he did all of that. And an angel comes in and says, Send for Peter, he'll tell you what you must do. How many of you know that a good man like that would have said, Well, you know, Lord, I'm doing everything right. I'm praying, I'm giving to the poor. Uh, what do you mean what I must do? You must be born again. Is that right? And so, so he sends for Peter. Peter comes over and starts to his house, and it t- took a while there, but he gets over there and he preaches the Lord Jesus to Cornelius and his household. And we won't go through all of that, but look at Acts 10.43. To him all the prophets, so, so Peter's speaking to Cornelius' house. To him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission or forgiveness of sins. While Peter was still speaking these words, now watch this, you can learn a whole bunch right here. You can learn right here in a few verses of Scripture what took me ten years to get. Watch this. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit, what? Fell upon all those who heard the word. Now, these people got what I call the one-two punch. Realize I say one-two punch? They got born of the Spirit and baptized with the Spirit almost simultaneously. Now, you can't be baptized with the Spirit until you're first born of the Spirit. And these guys got, at Cardinal's house, they got the one-two punch, what I call, they got born of the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, bang, bang, right one right after the other. They got born of the Spirit, and then bang, baptized with the Spirit. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word. And those of the circumstances who believe were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Now watch this. For they heard them, What? Speak with tongues. Now, does that come with being born of the Spirit or being baptized with the Spirit? Baptized with For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, now watch this. Can anyone forbid what? Water. That these should not be baptized who have received the Holy who have, or who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And he commanded them to be water, see, baptized, water baptized in the, name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Now, did these people get water baptized did they get water baptized, yes or no? But they, they, which did they do first, get water baptized or speak with tongues? They spoke with tongues first, didn't they? Would that imply they got baptized in the Holy Spirit first, before they got water baptized? And we know that before you can be baptized with the Holy Spirit, you have to be born of the Spirit. Is that correct? Right. So what do we have a picture of here? We have a picture of them hearing the word. They, they, they receive Jesus. They get born of the spirit. And then just that quick, then they get what? Baptized with the spirit. They speak with tongues. And then after that, they get what? Water baptized, which proves beyond the shadow of any doubt that you can be saved before you are water. Somebody say hallelujah. Let's close in Acts 19. Are you learning anything today? It's a good review, if nothing else, isn't it? You better pay attention. You might have to show somebody this sometime. And then you'll have it. Acts 19.1. It happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding somewhat... These people are already saved. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And the King James Version says, since you believed. 
Paul is talking about the Holy Spirit here in the baptism. These, they're already disciples. They already have the Spirit of God in them. They're already saved. But he was talking about, I'll put it in my language. Have you been baptized in the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said to him, we've not heard whether there be a Holy Spirit. Isn't it wonderful that you don't have to know much to be saved? Isn't that wonderful? You don't have to be a genius. They, don't, they, they, they had no idea that there even was a baptism in the Holy Spirit. He said to them, into what then were you water baptized is what he's talking about. They said to John's baptism, John the Baptist. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were water baptized. It doesn't say water in the scripture, but they, that's what happened. They were water baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. You okay? And when Paul had what? Had what? laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they what? Spoke with tongues and what? Prophesied. Do you see that? How many sees that? So this group of people here, they, they were saved before... See, they listened to John the Baptist preach on Jesus. Now listen to this. I'm going over this once for the sake of time. They listened to, to John the Baptist preach on Jesus. They believe on Jesus. They were bat, water baptized under John's ministry, and then they went their way. They didn't have YouTube. They didn't have cell phones. They didn't have the Internet like what we have. They didn't have telephones. They probably didn't even have smoke signals in that day. So they went their way. These guys went their way. In the process of time, Jesus dies on the cross, is buried, and is raised from the dead. When that happens, these guys, wherever they were, and it tells you where they were, in a foreign, a foreign place, they'd gone their way. When Jesus is raised from the dead because they're believers, guess what happened? They get born again. Okay? But they're going on down the road, living their lives, and they don't even know that there's a baptism in the Holy Spirit. So then Paul shows up and he says, have you been baptized? i put it in my own words. Have you been baptized in the Holy Ghost since you believed? He said, we don't even know that that exists. He said, well, what were you baptized in? He said, well, we were baptized in John's ministry. He said, well, John baptized the baptism of repentance. What, what, what he was really telling him is he was saying, guys, you got water baptized before you got born again. Did you see that? You got water baptized before you got born again. What did we say a while ago? He, well, he said a while ago that water baptism is for people who have already been Doing a little yoga right here. No, not yoga. I can do this now. I couldn't do this when I was 2.30, but I can, I can do some of my... I'm going to start doing some of my Elvis moves now with this lost weight. I just woke three people up. There's a method to my craziness. So he said, what did he, uh, he, he... You have to be water baptized when? After you get born again, Right? People ask me from time to time, they say, well, I was water baptized as a kid, or I was water baptized before I got saved, or I was water baptized in another church, and, 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 and I, I wasn't saved, but now I've gotten saved. Should I be water baptized again? Yes. Will that help save you? No, but you should be according to Scripture. Say amen. amen. So he says, guys, what were you baptized? He said, we were baptized under John's baptism. Well, you were baptized before you got born again. He said, let me water baptize you now that Jesus has been raised from the dead. That's really what he was saying. He water baptized him. Glory to God. Did he lay his hands on him there? Did he? Did they lay hands on him? Did he? What verse did he lay hands on him? Verse 6, he laid hands on him. And what happened? The Holy Spirit came on him. See, he was already in him. Now he came on him. And what did they do? They spoke with tongues and... Prophesy. Have you seen today, if nothing else, that there is an experience subsequent to, after that, you're born again, whereby you can be what Jesus himself called baptized in the Holy Spirit? Now then, the only question I have to answer in two minutes is, hasn't tongues ceased? Haven't they passed away? No. They're going to throw 1 Corinthians 13, 8 up on the board. 1 Corinthians 13, 8. They're going to put that up on the board 1 Corinthians 13.8, I didn't have that in, but they can put it up there. 1 Corinthians 13.8 says, love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Now, this is talking about, this is talking about not the prophecies of the Old Testament. It's not talking, it's talking about, the, and we'll get into it in a, in a future week, talking about the gift of prophecy, the simple gift of prophecy that we see that should be operating in the local church. It won't operate if you don't ever teach on it as a pastor. And it won't operate, somebody said, how come we haven't had tongues interpretation on here in a while? Because I hadn't been teaching on it. 
people haven't been desiring it. Well, once I get to teaching on it, you start desiring it, we'll start seeing it. And we'll start seeing it in line with the scripture. Can you say amen? All right. Love never fails. Whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are, uh, uh, whether there are what? Tongues. Now, the prophecy, simple gift of prophecy, there's, there's going to come a time when that'll fail. When that'll, the, the, the word fail means when that'll stop. Whether there are tongues, speaking about these tongues here that we talked about today, there's going to come a time when they will whether there is knowledge, that's not talking about knowledge. Two plus two is four stuff that Abraham Lincoln was the 16th president. It's not talking about that. It's talking about the word of knowledge, which we'll talk about. See, this is in the context of First Corinthians 13. We'll talk about this and we said, whether there's a word, it's talking about the word of knowledge. It will vanish away. There's going to come a time when these gifts are going to vanish away. Look at verse nine for, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. But then look at verse 10. But when that which is perfect is come then that which is in part will be done away. Now, in the Baptist church, they'll tell you, well, that which is perfect is come, is the Bible. Well, the Bible is perfect, but if you'll read verse 12, you'll see that it's talking about, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then, but then, go to verse 12. Are we in verse 12? Yeah, but then, but then when? But then when? Real loud, say face to face. When Je- what's that talking When Jesus comes back, is he perfect? When that which is perfect is come, when Jesus comes back, we'll see him face to face. Then these gifts are going to pass away, but not until then. He hasn't come back yet, so they're still good to go for today. Say amen, somebody. So I say, yeah, well, Paul said, Paul said, and then my tongues are going to cease. I'm going to do my Pastor Hagen now. I love it. I'm Paul said, this is Pat, how many knows Pastor Hagen? Paul said, tongues are going to cease. I do a good Pastor Hagen. If you don't know Pastor Hagen, you're not going to enjoy this. But I do it because I love him. Paul fan tongues and all the things. And they will when that which is perfect has come. That which is perfect hasn't come yet. Jesus hasn't come back. He's coming though. And we'll see him face to face. And when we see him face to face, then we won't have need for this anymore. But we need it now. We have it now. And on top of all that, <laughs> the same man that said tongues was going to cease in chapter 13 went on into 14. These people that don't know Pastor Hagen think I'm nuts. But that's fine. I don't care. Am I doing good? Right, I'm almost done. I said that 10 minutes ago. Every good preacher closes at least five times. But the same man that said, the tongues that cease, and all of that, went on in chapter 14 to say, I wish y'all spoke with tongues. And do not forbid to speak with tongues. So why, if tongues cease, if tongues ceases, if tongues ceases in in uh, chapter 13, why in chapter 14 does he say, and you can look these up, say, I wish y'all spoke with tongues. And do not forbid to speak with tongues. It's still for today. Stand with me if you would. Did you get anything out of this? I may learn something. Hallelujah. And those of you that want to uh, email Pastor Hagen on me, go ahead. I probably do as good a Pastor Hagen as anybody. And you only imitate people that you love. Is that right? Hallelujah. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Praise God. Praise God. Well, we had some humor here today, but I think that's okay. But I think what we had most of is a teaching of the Word of God. And I have taught you today, I believe beyond the shadow of any reasonable doubt, that any, any sane person that has any kind of intelligence at all can see from Scripture, unless you just indoctrinated. Sometimes people get so indoctrinated from their previous teaching that they're just gonna, they're just, they're just, they're just gonna stick with that no matter what the Word of God says. I've had people say to me, "I don't care what the Word says. I know how Grandma did it and how old church did it, and that's the way I'm going to do it." Guys, we need to come to the point where we let the Word of God supersede things. And we need to be open to listen to what the Word of God says. And, and I'll tell you right now, I believe I convinced any sane person with any intelligence beyond the reasonable shadow of any doubt, beyond that, 
that this experience is still for us today. It's still for us today. God wants you to be born again, first and foremost, born of the Spirit. And then after that, yes, water baptized, but also baptized in the Holy Spirit. Somebody said, do I have to be water baptized before I can be baptized in the Holy Spirit? No. You just have to be born of the Spirit. You have to be born again. But He wants you born again, and He also wants you baptized with the Holy Spirit. Do you understand that? He wants you born of the Spirit. He wants you baptized with the Spirit. He wants you born of the Spirit, and He wants you baptized with the Spirit. And then, last night as I was, as I was praying in, in, in my... In, one of the rooms of my house and meditating, I heard these words in, 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 in my spirit, uh, filled and then refired, filled and then refired. Well, I knew what the filled part meant, but the refired part, see, there's a lot of Christians. They've been born of the spirit, of course. That's why they're a Christian. They've also been baptized with the spirit, but they've lost their fire. Remember John the Baptist? said that Jesus would come and baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I didn't talk about that, but there is a, there is a flow of the fire, of the Spirit of God, that you can be baptized with the Holy Spirit, but if you don't keep, if you don't give attention to that, that, that if you don't give Him attention and give that baptism of the Spirit attention, it's like a, like a campfire. If you don't keep putting logs on it, eventually it'll wane down and it'll, it'll, it'll get real cold on you. And, there, and, and I believe the reason the Spirit of God said refired is that there's probably some people here today, you're, you're born again, you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, but you haven't given the attention you should. You haven't kept that fire stirred up, and you need to be refired. Not, not baptized a second time in the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. There's only one time that you get baptized with the Spirit. But that fire of the Spirit can burn down to where it's almost burned out and you're not telling people about Jesus anymore like you you should and you're doing you're just not as as an effective witness as you should be so what I want to do now and and normally I just leave this if you've noticed I I haven't laid hands on people in a long time but today Spirit of God directed me to make this available my wife and I lay our hands upon you if you need to be born again, if you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, or if you need to be refired, we're, gonna, we're not going to take a long time with it. We're going to lay our hands upon you, if you so desire, and you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can be refired. Now listen to what the Spirit of God is saying here. Filled and refired, filled and refired. So first of all, you need to be born again. If you're not born again, you need to be before you leave here today. This is not a joke. This is not funny. If you're not born again, you're going to go to hell. God doesn't want you to go to hell. You need to be born again. You miss hell, make heaven. But then after that, you need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And I know by the spirit of God, there's people that in this church that you're born again. You come here. Great. Glad. Fantastic, but it's time you get baptized with the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to force you. I would, the Holy Ghost is not going to force you. But it's time to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And then there's others that just need to be refired. So if you need to, if you need to get born again, if you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit or refired,